Well, hello there and welcome back to the show. So for those of you who've been following, you know that we have a summit kicking off at the time of the recording. The summit is just about to start and I just got off another Facebook Live pre-summit training, this time about strategic thinking for sensitive professionals. And I just, I really wanted to share it with you. Um, I find that strategic thinking comes up a lot when I'm talking with my clients and with my community. People really want to work on their strategic thinking, feeling like they're getting pulled down to the weeds. And so I did this training for the, the Facebook group for the summit, but I also wanted to share it with you as well. So for this episode, much like last week's episode, I'm going to share with you that training and give you a chance to, to learn about and think about some ways to, to um, some questions you can ask that'll help you get into a strategic thinking mindset, okay? So if you are not yet registered for the summit, make sure you get registered. I would love to see you there. Head on over to themintambition.com slash summit, get your free ticket. There is an optional upgrade afterwards, but the ticket is completely free to join us. I would love to see you there. So with that, let's get right into this training. Well, hey there, I'm Liz St. Jean, and this is the Unruly Leadership Podcast, where I help subject matter experts like you design a career on your terms. It's where strategy meets intuition to help you break the rules, ignore the rules, and make your own damn rules. So let's break free from perfectionism, imposter thoughts, and that inner rule keeper that's keeping you in your career comfort zone. It's time to become unapologetically you and step into the life you were meant to live. We're going to talk presence, productivity, career, and having it all. Or, as my four-year-old would say, we're going to take over the world. So let's get to it. Well, hello there. I believe we are now live on Facebook. So hello there. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Liz. I'm your host of the uh, the Mint Ambition Summit Self Advocacy Made Easy Edition. So we are live here, but also if you're catching the replay, hello, give me a wave. But especially if you're here live, please let me know in the chat. I have it open, so if ever you see my eyes going down there, it's I'm checking out the chat and maybe call it saying hello back to you. I'd love to hear from you. Love to say hello. So please drop a note in the chat. That also helps kind of tell Facebook that this is a recording that other people should see. So if you want to help other attendees, help boost it up in their news feeds, that would be awesome. Give it a give it a like or give it a high, especially or even drop a little gif or gif. I don't know how to pronounce that. So like I said, I'm Liz. For those of you who don't know me, I am a leadership and self-advocacy coach. I do a lot of work with highly sensitive professionals. So folks who are identifying as introverted, as quiet, as HSPs or highly sensitive persons. Um, work a lot. I end up having a, a lot of neurodivergent folks coming in. Like I said, quiet, introverted. A lot of the people who are very attuned to others' emotions, very aware of the impact we have on others and who are wanting to work on leadership and presence and energy and how they're showing up in the workplace. Because for folks who are highly sensitive, it can be, it's a bit different, right? We're a little bit different. We might think differently than what the, um, the quote norm has been, like what people talk about as being the norm. A lot of the research is showing that actually normal is a lot more divergent than what we think. But sometimes, you know, as a highly sensitive person, we kind of look around and we, we feel like we're the only person in the room 
who thinks about things the way we do or feels the way we do, right? We're highly attuned to other people, the impact we have, the impact on them. And that can present certain different little challenges. So let's jump into strategic thinking. I think I mentioned earlier, it's one of my favorite topics. I just, I love thinking strategically. I love talking about strategy. I love talking about strategic thinking. And I love talking about how to develop strategic thinking. So this is one of my like hot buttons, fun items to talk about. And you know, strategy and strategic thinking is so important for so many reasons. Um, but one of the big ones is that we have so much going on in our lives, in our organizations and everywhere that we can get so caught up in things. It's almost like that, uh, I remember like Looney Tunes and Wally Coyote, like running, 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 or the, um, the road runner. It's almost like that, that we could get, go so fast, so fast, so fast, we can end up tripping or we we're running so fast. Maybe it's in the wrong direction when a lot of the times we take a step back and think strategically so that we're better able to make use of our time, our user effort, because like I said, so much on your plates, everyone does, whether you have young kids at home. And so you really want to make sure that you're spending dinner with them. You may have aging parents that you've got responsibilities taking care of them. You may be focusing on wellness right now and wanting to make sure that you're getting your time in walks in the forest and getting um, stretches or yoga or other types of exercise. Whatever it is, we have full lives, right? We have full lives, not just work lives. And so we want to be really smart and efficient about the, the time that we do spend working. And that usually comes back to having a really powerful and strong strategy in how we're approaching things. And especially when you're in a leadership position and you're making decisions for your team, you're making decisions for your organization, you want to be thinking strategically. So that said, I'm going to be talking a little bit about strategic thinking for sensitive professionals, because there are a couple of areas that when you're highly sensitive can be more difficult in terms of strategic thinking. So the one area that I see a lot, and I've certainly experienced it myself as a fellow highly sensitive person, um, is that when we're making those decisions, and especially when it's strategic, when especially when it's not obvious, when it's complicated, when we're making those decisions, we can start agonizing about making a wrong decision. We can, we're worrying, we're thinking, we're really concerned that it's going to be the wrong decision. And that, because that often spirals into, well, what are people going to think about me? Or what is, what if I do the wrong thing and it has all these consequences or has negative impact on others? How is it going to affect people? How, how will this reverberate? Is it, is it the right decision? Is it the wrong decision? And you can kind of end up in uh, what I lovingly say for myself is in, into Overthinkers Anonymous, right? Or maybe I'm, I'm in Overthinkers Anonymous because we can overthink things. And, and especially if you ever catch yourself thinking about worst case scenarios. So the, the term is that catastrophizing. So you start thinking about what could go wrong and then, and then making it into worst case scenario and not in a productive way, because there are actually productive ways of thinking about worst case scenarios. But the, the unproductive way is when our mind starts spiraling out of control and we feel frozen or we feel like we have to run away or we just, you know, you just want to pull the covers up on your bed and just like pretend that the day that Monday morning hasn't started. Have you ever had that when you're worrying about making a decision? So that can be especially difficult for high, high, uh, highly sensitive people and especially high self-monitors. So high self-monitor is when you are highly attuned to the impact you're having on others. And it usually ends up coming out in the unproductive format is when we're really worried about what people think about us. That said, being a high self-monitor can be really productive as well because you are so attuned to other people's reactions. You're, you have a very good sense of 
how decisions, um, what will happen because of a decision. And that can be really helpful. What we just don't want to do is have it spiral out of control and get into catastrophizing and worst case thinking in unproductive ways. So if this is you, if this is something that you know that you, you've dealt with or you're working on or you want to work on, next week, for sure, check out Patricia's presentation. We go and we talk really specifically about this. So there are lots of presentations that'll help, but especially Patricia. So make sure you put that on your calendar. Okay. The second challenge that I see, and this is very common across both highly sensitive professionals and non-highly sensitive professionals, but it, there's a special tweak to it for sensitive professionals. And that's when we get pulled into the weeds, okay? So strategy, strategic thinking is being able to pull yourself out of the weeds. You're looking broadly, you're looking into the future horizon, you're thinking about big picture, you're thinking about systems and how things work together. That's strategic level. You get pulled into the weeds. Usually it's you're putting out fires, you're getting pings on MS Teams, you're getting pulled from here to here to here. You've got messages blinking, your phone's going to this and that, and someone's calling you, oh my gosh, all the things, right? And you feel like you're just putting out fires and you're just responding or reacting to what's happening. So that happens to everyone, but it especially happens to highly sensitive professionals because when fires happen, we feel this... We, we're heart-centered. We feel this need to respond and, re and react and help people. And if someone needs our help, we should prioritize them. So we end up prioritizing, and this happens a lot too, right? You end up prioritizing other people's fires first over your own fires, but especially over your own strategic thinking, right? And you kind of, you don't mean to, but you kind of get pulled into it. So raise your hand if you've ever had that happen. So strategic thinking, on the other hand, is getting out of the weeds and getting into what I would like to call meerkatting. So if you know the meerkat, you know, the like you've seen the like in um, Disney and, um, documentaries, right, where there's like, all those cats and like they're sitting up and what they're sitting up and looking out onto the horizon. That is what strategic thinking should feel like. You're sitting up, you're looking out, you're not down in the weeds, you're sitting up, you have a more expansive view. So meerkat in... <laughs> For anyone, actually, as a side tip, if you need um, reminders for this, it would be helpful to have reminders. Get like a little poster, just have a little poster and write meerkat and just stick it on your on your screen, on onto your monitor, and then just laugh it every now and then. That'll help. That might help you meerkat every now and then. Okay. So the two challenges, right? One, we overthink, and number two, we get pulled into the weeds. So what I'm going to do for the rest of this training is I want to give you a way of thinking, a way of strategic thinking that should help both of those at the same time. And what I'm going to do is give you a set of questions and, and a concept, a way of conceptualizing strategic thinking that will that should help move you into more of a neutral place. So less of the catastrophizing thoughts. So if it, um, to be able to pull away from the catastrophizing and get into more productive thought, more of a curiosity mindset. So I'll give you those sets of questions that are more focused on the strategy than about the catastrophizing about other people. And then the other piece that's going to do is just remind you to be thinking strategically. So pulling yourself out of the weeds. Um, as a side note for this, when, when you want to be thinking strategically, it is very, very beneficial to remove yourself from your regular day-to-day -day environment. You know, going for a walk, going sitting and getting a tea or a coffee, sitting somewhere, um, 
even just walking to another part of your house or if you're back to office, another part of your building, just physically removing yourself, giving yourself a visual and auditory um, uh, cues that you're in a different space will help you shift into a different way of thinking. Okay. So that can be really helpful for going through these questions. Okay. Okay. So what are the questions and what is the um, visual or the metaphor I'm going to give you? And the me metaphor, and we're going to be testing out my drawing skills. I was not a, a Pictionary winner most of the time. We're going to test this out. So the very first question that you should always be asking when you want to get strategic is what are we trying to accomplish? Okay. What are we trying to accomplish? Right. We get so caught up in the day to day of what we're doing and how, you know, trying to react to things so quickly. They sometimes almost forget what we're trying to accomplish. And usually for strategic thinking, you want to be thinking at least six months out from now, at least, depending on your industry, maybe three months. But when you're going, you know, less than six months and especially less than three months, if you're asking, like, what are we trying to do in there? That's not strategy. That's execution. And that execution should be going towards a strategy. And the strategy piece should be around what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, so that's question number one. And the analogy I always like to think of, I always like to use, and it's partly because I'm a video game nerd and I'm a fantasy nerd. So I've got this video game fantasy analogy to sort of give you a little bit. Is that I want you to imagine you are going on a journey, right? You're going on this journey somewhere. And you are collecting all the things in your backpack and you're going to go out on this grand adventure, right? Lord of the Rings style. Now, a lot of the times when it comes to strategy, when we don't have a strategy, we just start going, right? Maybe we pick a path. Maybe we start, you know, bushwhacking your way through the bushes, but we just go. And the thing is, is that you can just end up doing circles and you can put in a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of effort a lot of pain, a lot of, you know, you might cut yourself from the brambles, all these things and not really end up anywhere. You might end up right back at the village circle where, or the village square where you go back and you need to go back for provisions because you didn't have a, you didn't have a plan, but more so than that, you didn't have a goal. There was no, there was no strategy. There was no goal what you're trying to accomplish. So instead, the very first thing is what are you trying to accomplish? So in this case, for the analogy, we're going to think of it as being a castle. I've got a little drawing here. <laughs> this is probably gonna look pretty bad. We're gonna we're gonna have a good laugh here, right? Okay. Let's see. What does my castle look like? Okay. It kind of looks like a regular house, but let's see. Go like this. Little flags. Okay. Do I do another one? Yeah. Let's do another one. Okay. My kid will be so proud. Okay. And that. So that's our castle. We're trying to get to the castle. Okay. That's what we're trying to accomplish. And we are. I'm going to put us, let's see, I'm going to make us an orange. We're going to be an orange. Wait, wait, make sure I can, you can see this. We're down here. Okay. How's my drawing? There we go. And we've got our, we've got a backpack. We've got a backpack. Okay. And we're smiling because we're going on an adventure. Who doesn't love an adventure? Okay. So we're trying to get to the castle. The first thing is we've identified a castle. Right? We're going to this castle. We're not going to one over here. We're not going to one over there. We know exactly which castle we're going to get to. Okay. So tied into that, which is like, what are we trying to accomplish is how we know that we've achieved our goal, that we achieve what we're trying to accomplish. So in this case, with my analogy, it's pretty simple. We're at the castle, but maybe it's not just that you're at the castle. Maybe you're storming the castle, or maybe you're having 
attending an event. So you need to be at the castle by a certain period of time. But th this is an analogy, obviously. But for you, when you're trying to think of what you want to accomplish, I want you to also think about how will you know you've accomplished that. Because so often what I see with strategic thinking is that we end up having, even, even if we're, well, first of all, we don't have these goals, but then even when we have these goals, they're, they're worded very vaguely. They're very high-minded, very vague, and without consideration to knowing how we got there. How will you measure it? So this is what's called, what we would, be, we would call a lag indicator. So there's lead indicators and lag indicators in terms of knowing how well you're achieving your strategy. A lag indicator comes after you've achieved it. So it's not, so what I want you to come up with is this, is you know, that really specific way of knowing that you've accomplished your goal. And that's going to be your lag indicator because you might not know until you've gotten there. A lead indicator, on the other hand, are different ways of knowing that you are on the right track. You, it's like trail markers. And think about this person, they're following trail markers. Those will be the lead indicators that they're on the right track to that accomplishment. Okay, so just to recap, two questions so far. One, what are you trying to accomplish? Number two, how will you know that you achieved it? Okay, so that's for you to think of. If you're a team lead or you're raising this in a at a team level, you can switch the we to, or the you to we. So what are we trying to accomplish? How will we know that we've achieved it? Okay. That's so critical. Like without that, there's no strategy. Like you have to know what you're trying to accomplish. And feel free as you're watching this or on the replay, drop some questions or if you have some thoughts around this. Um, we do have several uh, coaching sessions next week for those of you who picked up the all access pass. If you if you struggle with this or you just want to like, you know, tease it out with a brain, a, a thought partner, bring it to some of those coaching um, calls. We'll tease out what strategy could be and what that could look like. We'll, uh, this is fun. This is good stuff. This is fun stuff for me. So bring it, definitely bring it to our calls. Okay, now the next piece is that usually it's not so simple as just like going to the castle, okay, right? In these novels, Lord of the Rings, like there's a lot in between. There, I'm gonna put like, there's a forest here. There's a deep, dark forest you have to get through. And there's probably some boulders. Maybe that's a cave, I don't know. That a cave, sorry, I'm gonna take off that arrow because the arrows are coming back in a minute. There's a boulder, there's a pit or something down there. There's like wolves or, <laughs> yeah, it's you may laugh with me. So you're going to have to get through that, right? You're going to have to figure out your way to get to the capital. It's not as simple. I guess the strategy was that simple. It'd be like, oh, we'll go to the castle. And that's so simple. It's, it's just not that way. Usually there's obstacles to overcome. So the next question you're going to be asking then, oh, I don't want here. Let me use that. Okay. So the next question that you want to ask yourself is, okay, if I'm here, we're trying to get here and I've got these like problems. So first you need to you know, be aware of and identify the problem. But more importantly, you ask yourselves, what are some ways we could achieve that thing we're trying to achieve? What are some ways? And you notice I use that, that language deliberately because we want to be open-minded at this point. We want to be expansive. Right, we don't want to get into overthinking and worrying and concerning and, and getting really concerned. And especially if you're doing this at the team level and you've got people that you don't want to start cutting down ideas right away. Just come up with some ideas. And you know, if you follow the ideation literature or about design thinking, they really want you to throw out as many ideas as possible. Um, there's some research out there that shows that the really good ideas only happen after tw 20 ideas. Like you kind of got into like 20 ideas. 
And then you start getting some really more innovative, really interesting ones. Um, but that depends. It depends on what kind of problem you're trying to solve that, and, and how used to how used to it are you to coming up with lots of ideas. But if you can, if you can really work towards to come up with 20, 30 possible ideas, that's wonderful too. But you still want to figure, okay, like, am I going to go, that's one option to go that way. That's another option to go that way. Maybe I can learn how to fly. I can go that way, right? You're just going to figure out, okay, what are all of these different ways? Like lots of ways to get there, okay? Right, there's lots of ways to get to that castle. And this is the challenge that we, that we run into. I was saying earlier about like when you just go on your adventure without knowing where you're going, because this, if this person's going on an adventure without even knowing where they're trying to go, they might just spend their whole time in this forest, going over obstacles, going around, going this, and now we're getting to that where they're trying to get end up at. So now we've identified, so that was the question three, is what are some ways we can achieve it? How can we get to the castle? Then what you can do, then you can start using some of your discernment skills and start asking yourself about which option you want to take. And here, for me at least, one of the, one of the key areas you want to be thinking about is and so the way I phrase the question is, you know, which option has the best efficiency to effectiveness ratio? Okay, efficiency to effectiveness ratio, right? Look at all these options. They all end up at the castle, right? I mean, you might realize like there's some options that are going over here, like, oh, don't take that option. Or there's some option that's going to go in that, right? Oh, don't take that option. But all the other options, they all end up at the castle. So they're all like effective in a way. But you might start looking at, okay, like, well, which one is most effective? Forget this. And then which one is most efficient, right? And I mean, this one you might point out like, oh, well, look, this one goes around, but maybe it's not actually efficient because it actually takes a lot of resources to fly over the forest. And maybe you actually have people on your team who are really good at finding trails. So this one might be very efficient. But the phrase that I love to use and I think of a lot is, um, is the, the question of, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? Okay. So I'm mixing all my metaphors here, but like the juice is what you get out of it, right? Get into the castle. Is it really worth the squeeze too? Like is it, which, which path it's going to be worth it? But I mean, is the juice worth, juice worth the squeeze question can also be asked broadly speaking after you might, after you've started having an idea of how to get there, you might start realizing like, wow, that is going to take a lot of effort. And now that I'm thinking about it, that castle really isn't worth all that effort compared to some other, maybe there's a castle over here. That's even better that you got a really direct route to. Okay. So you want to be thinking about your options. You want to be thinking about efficiencies and effectiveness, both at the same time. Okay. You want to be thinking about what the obstacles are likely going to be and figuring out, okay, of these, which is the path that I'm going to pick? I'm going to go on. Okay. Because once you have the path, once you've picked a path, so let's say, what color can I see? I'll pick this up Last day, you have realized that based on your team and your goals, that this, that's the best path. That's the best strategy towards what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. Now you can start looking at, okay, what needs to be your backpack to get there, right? What team members do you need? You know, you were probably, this is probably give and take. Part of this decision is going to be so much team members you already have, but maybe you, maybe you realize like, okay, this is what we really, what we want to do. So we need to get a little bit extra talent or we need to borrow from other parts of the organization, to make this happen. Okay. Once you've got that kind of figured out, then the next thing that I think that I think is really valuable is really just to focus on what are our first steps. Okay. 
Now, there are some times, and depending where you sit in an organization, maybe you need to map out that entire path. Maybe. I don't want to take that away from you. But I do want to offer that sometimes we get so focused and spend so much time mapping out that path. Like you spend six months coming up with a plan, putting working groups together, thinking things out, doing all the this and that. And, and all, usually it's usually you get distracted from even coming up with the plan and the path. That by the time you actually go to execute that path, that castle is floated away. So we're in fantasy land, right? But the castle has changed. And that actually is not the best castle because you set that castle for six months from now. So if it takes you six months to map out a path to get to that castle, the, you might have, you might need a different strategy. Like things change, things change very quickly. Um, so what I think can be more useful is, okay, what are the first few steps we can take? What are the first few steps we can take down this path? Like this is the path we've identified. We're gonna go, we're, we have this vision, we've identified the path, we've got the stuff in our backpacks, let's, just, let's start. And that's very much in line with what's called design thinking. So design thinking, you have this idea and you're figuring, figuring out what you're trying to accomplish, have this um, concept and you start working towards it and you can adjust along the way. So you start down this path and you can adjust, but also by starting down the path now, it means that if it's a six month path, the castle <laughs> likely would still be there as opposed to if you wait six months to get pulled together this perfect plan, the castle might not be there anymore. So that's the last question that I would suggest that you can ask is what are the first few steps you can take? And it is also helpful, like a question like that can also be very helpful for when we get, when we find ourselves getting caught in overthinking and catastrophizing, because it doesn't, it's not as scary as committing to a fully fledged, perfect plan. You're not seeing like you have this perfect plan. You're just focusing on your first few steps and saying, you know what, I'm going to do these first few steps. And then we'll adjust. We'll meerkat again. We'll come up. We'll have a look. We'll see if the landscapes change. We'll have a sense of things. You know, we're still committed. It's like commitment with flexibility and willingness to adjust. Okay. So that's something I just want to offer you as a way of strategic thinking. Um, out of all of this, I would be curious to hear from you. Drop a comment in there to let me know which piece of it you think will be most helpful for you to work on for your strategic thinking. Okay. Is it around the, the goal setting, like identifying a strategic goal? Is it around identifying options? Is it around choosing an option? Is it around choosing your next first steps? I'd love to hear from you. So to, to recap, let me go through those four questions again, just to recap for you. So question one, what are we trying to accomplish? Question two, how will we know that we accomplished it? How do we define that? What are, what's going to tell us that we actually did accomplish it? Okay, number three. Oh, there's five questions, not four. Number three, what are some ways of achieving it, right? What are the different paths? Number four, which of those paths, which of those options is best suited from an um, efficiency to effectiveness ratio perspective, okay? And then finally, what are the first steps we can take on that path? How can we get started on this? Knowing that you can always adjust later, you can always pop your head back up, you can meerkat again later on, but what are the first steps we need to take? So, so I'd love to hear from you. Drop a comment, let me know which piece of that that you really want to work on or that would be helpful for you to see it in that framing. And with that, we'll say our goodbyes and I look forward to seeing you. We've got a kickoff call tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, we have a kickoff call to officially kick off the summit. And then Monday morning, it all gets started. Presentations will be going live Monday morning. 
like I said, drop any comments in the, in the thread here if you have any questions or send out a reply back to any of the emails I send out. Okay, look forward to seeing you at the summit. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now, if this podcast helped you or inspired you in any way, I would love for you to leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. It takes about 20 seconds, if that, and it's, it's honestly the easiest way for you to thank me for this episode. Every time I see a review, it brings me so much joy and it just lights me up. So if you could do that for me, I would be ever so grateful. Now, the other thing you can do is you can take a screenshot of this episode or even a screenshot of your review and send it to a friend or share it in a Facebook group or even post on your LinkedIn newsfeed to let other people know about this podcast and this episode. Thanks again. And now get out there and start breaking some rules.